not exactly the financial news we want to think about at any given point in time, but it's a really important thing you do need to think about at some point because, trust me, when it gets to it and you don't have things in place, estate planning, oh boy, that's a tricky one to think about when you don't have anything planned in the realm of estate planning. That was pretty complicated. I'll let Jill Schlesinger from CBS (laughs) break it down in a little bit of a simple manner. So Jill, why is estate planning so important to plan ahead of time? You know, first of all, we're all going to die. Breaking news, I know. And it's a bummer that we do this on a Monday morning. But I just have to remind everybody that these are things that we know are going to happen. We are impacted by it. Our heirs, our loved ones will be impacted by our actions or inactions. So here's what happens. If you don't have a will and you die, your state of residence will determine who gets what. Now, for many people, that's no big deal. Like, okay, I'm 21 years old. I don't have anything. But maybe you wanted to give something to a friend. Maybe you wanted to do something different. And I know that if you're young, it's hard to contemplate these things. But all of us, we are all have intentions. We all want certain things to happen. And if that's the case, then you should just put it down on paper. It's very easy to do online these days. So a will is just the document that will tell people who gets your stuff. And in that document, you name an executor, someone who helps settle your estate. And you also will name a guardian if you have minor children. So that's a pretty big deal. If you have kids, you've got to deal with guardianship. Uh, And by the way, before parents yell at me and they say to me, oh, well, it's unlikely that, you know, my spouse and I will die together. Yes, of course it's unlikely. But in case we want to make sure somebody's taking care of your kids, someone you both can agree on. The other two documents are a power of attorney. That's assigning the right of someone to act as an agent in your shoes. So maybe for banking matters or maybe to deal with like reallocating your retirement account if you cannot do so yourself. That's a power of attorney and a healthcare proxy is someone who can actually make healthcare decisions on your behalf if you are unable to do so. I don't, I'm almost of the camp that wants to say that the healthcare proxy and the power of attorney documents are almost a little bit more important than a will in some in certain instances too. So getting those at the forefront are like the two that you should put like right at the beginning, especially if you know that you have a history of healthcare issues in your family and you might be uh, susceptible to these issues yourself, right? Absolutely. You know, it's so funny that you should say that because for a long time it would be like people would say, I've got my will. And I'd say, what about these other documents? I don't need that. Then COVID happened Mm -hmm. and people were dealing with this. It's so scary. And you you don't, you have like loved ones who you, maybe they don't know your intentions. There's one other document that I'm interested in just getting the, the shining the light on it. And it's called a letter of instruction. This can be very important if you have a view as to maybe a funeral arrangement that is not consistent with your family of origins tradition. For example, I have been involved with people who come from very religious families and they say, I don't want a religious ceremony for my funeral. Well, put it down on paper. Otherwise, your family's going to take over. Oh, see, there we go. And things I would have not known about. Otherwise, you don't want your end of life planning to be in the hands of the wrong folks. And you mentioned something a little bit earlier when it came to uh, allocating your stuff at the end of your life to the people that uh, you want them to the the things you want to end up in the hands of other people. There we go. That's how words work. Um, (laughs) What kind of things are we talking about here? Like you're not going to just allocate, say, like, I want this beloved paperclip to go to my best friend, Jill, at the end of my life. We're not talking about things of that nature. What We're talking about significant material assets, right? 
Yes and no. I want to be clear about that. Yes, of course. But, you know, a lot of people, they don't have like big, huge assets, but they have something that's important in their family. Is there a portrait? Is there something that was important in your your family that you have received that you would like someone else in your family to receive? You know, I was involved in an estate where there was like a family wreath right? That they, everybody loved this family wreath. And honestly, it would have been tossed on the bin if someone hadn't said, no, 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 I want that to go to my sister because it just was sort of lost in the, in the, in the sauce. So something that is important, it can also be that I don't want to, I, I really love my family. Everyone's in good shape. I want to make a bequest to a charity that maybe my family doesn't necessarily agree with, you know, and that can be, you know, you can know in this day and age, I could be a million different things, but if you want to make that bequest, do Make it. Put it down on paper. Communicate that with your family and your loved ones. Word of mouth ain't going to cut it at the funeral home. Trust me on this one. And trust Jill on this one, please. Jill Schlesinger, the CBS business analyst. Jill, thank you so much. Great to talk to you. Thank you.